Welcome to Photoactive, a podcast about photography and technology. I'm Kirk McElroy. And I'm Jeff Carlson. Is it too soon to start talking about Christmas? Uh, every year it feels too soon to start talking about Christmas, and then suddenly Christmas is upon us. We're only five weeks away. Now, we're recording this on November 16, and this won't be out for 10 days. So we're less than a month away when our listeners are going to hear that. I know that the Christmas music has apparently started in supermarkets. Yeah. So I guess we can start talking about Christmas? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Well, th there's also the complication this year, at least in the U.S. I'm guessing this is everywhere. But because of shipping delays and massive backlogs at ports and things, the expectation is if you're ordering any gifts right now, they're going to be delayed or it's going to take longer. So everybody needs to do everything quicker. So like from that that not-so-fun practical perspective, I think we're right on time. So we'll see. Well, you don't necessarily have to give gifts that are, you know, hard to get, right? Really? I figured everybody needs to get a MacBook Pro and a brand new camera and... Uh, oh, wait, no, <laughs> that's what I want for Christmas. That's not what I'm giving people for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're hard to get. I think the MacBook Pros are several weeks for delivery. I think even the iPhone 13 is. Oh, yeah, yeah. Everything is starting to get starting to get backlogged, although I, th I think that's components that's going on there. I, I did order a new MacBook Pro, and it's going to appear probably in a month. Wow. So, okay. yeah. Well, we decided we wanted to do a Christmas gift guide, and we were kind of both thinking we'd done one recently, but you checked and, and saw that the last one we did was in 2018, so I think we don't have to feel guilty that we're doing, not to say that it's an easy episode, because we still had to research all this, but oh, yeah. sometimes it feels like Christmas gift guides are just filler, whereas for us, this is a very serious uh, compilation of the type of snapshots that we would have. Um, putting more in one episode and less other content. So if you don't care about our snapshot picks at the end of every episode, you might want to just skip this one. <laughs> no, don't skip this one. We like you. Stay, stay. <laughs> well, you, you get my point. Yeah, exactly. Well, and also, this is something that I always come to this time of year, and suddenly there's there are all sorts of gift guides everywhere. And there's all sorts of photo gift guides. In fact, uh, you know, we, we did one in the other podcast that I run, Photo Combobulate. And the problem is there's so much overlap between all those things. And so at least for me, I find it difficult to find interesting different things that we could give as gifts for photographers because, you know, nobody wants the camera lens mugs. Like those were really really big at one point, but no, just stay away. I'm going to tell you, my selections are not on anyone's Venn diagram. Ooh, even more interesting. Because okay. I, I did not want to pick obvious gifts. I wanted to pick gifts related to photography, but not mm -hmm. the obvious ones. How about we start with, we each have a stocking stuffer, I think. And mine is very simple. Black Friday sales are coming up. SD cards are going to be on sale. Buy a handful of SD cards. We'll link in the show notes to the episode we did about SD cards recently. I think it was Prime Day in July when I bought two or three 32-gigabyte SD cards, and I'll probably buy a few more on Black Friday. Mm, yeah, that's a great idea. The only problem is you have to make sure you keep them in the packaging, because if you put the cards themselves in the stocking, they're going to be lost at the bottom. So 
good idea. Very, very and important. also, if you keep them in the packaging, you know that they're new when you go to use them. Ah, yes. Instead of them being in that bowl with all the old, you know, one gigabyte cards and <laughs> 512 Six, megabyte cards that have been hanging out for years. <laughs> 16 megabyte compact flash cards. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can't get my compact flash into my camera. <laughs> there must be a, some way to do this. All right. So mine is actually not very exciting and eminently practical, and yet uh, something that I find very useful, and it is to get a mesh laundry bag. Now, what? What? So you can get a set of like four or five little mesh laundry bags. And and the idea is these are for underwear, bras, delicates, those sorts of things. So when you put them in the laundry, they don't get lost. Now you're like, why am I bringing this up? Because we all have a bunch of little lens cloth wipes and they get smudgy and they get smeared. And you can just toss them in a bag, toss that in the wash, run it through your washer and dryer, and then all of your lens cloths are back to normal again. And this is a thing that I just assumed that they just get gross and that's kind of it. And I don't know. I mean, I have a ton of them, but they're like maybe four or five that I use on a regular basis and also for like my eyeglasses. And so I just have one of these little bags. You toss them all in, you run it through every, I don't know, few months or whatever. And then you can clean your lenses without, you know, putting additional streak of grime or whatever that has been cleaned off from the past. As you mentioned that, I'm going to clean my glasses because they are getting a little blurry here. <laughs> Perfect. Um, okay, great idea. So I, I think two of my picks are things that I've chosen as snapshots. And the first one is something I mentioned recently. But when I was thinking about a good gift, um, what crossed my mind is this Peak Design Everyday Sling Bag, which I bought a couple months ago, mm. which is really the best bag that I've had for cameras and for everyday use. And I mentioned when I talked about it as a snapshot, it replaced my sort of standard knapsack that I would hang over one shoulder. I'm finding it extremely practical. You know, part of it is that I don't have that shoulder raised up to keep the knapsack from falling off. And that makes a big yeah. difference. And I bought two sizes. I bought the six liter and the 10 liter. Uh, we'll link in the show notes to the 10 liter. It's 150. It's big enough to put two cameras or a camera and, and a half a dozen lenses. It's fairly large. The six liter is my everyday bag. It's got a water bottle. It's got my um, driving license and things like that. And it's got enough space to hold a camera with a lens, not much more than that in terms of photographic equipment. Nice, nice. Well, and it's also really easy to access your camera too. You're not having to take the, take a backpack off or knapsack and dig in, and you know you, you just slide it around. You exactly it around. Yeah. yeah, I I thought about including that, but I don't actually have one. I want one. So that's well, my, this could that's be a, your gift to yourself. Exactly, because these gift ideas are not necessarily to give to other photographers, but they could be to ask for someone to give them to you. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Well, so um, this is going to be a nice tie-in because the thing that I wanted to mention is something that you've brought up as a snapshot before, but something that I love, and that is the Peak Design Cuff. And it is a little uh, hand strap that you put around your wrist that connects to your camera using Peak's little fastener system. For a long time, I had another product, but I still have it, that sort of gives you a little more structure for holding 
the the camera. But that was really more designed for if you're shooting all day and you don't want to have like a camera strap. The cuff is just a great way. I love taking it when I'm hiking if I don't want to take a bag because I can just let the camera dangle from my wrist or just know that the camera's not going to drop to the ground if I, you know, let go of the camera. <laughs> so um, it's 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 really nice. It's well made. Uh, it's not very expensive. It's like about thirty dollars, and I I use it all the time. Yeah, I have the older version, and I use that with my XC4. If I'm using a normal size lens, if I'm using a larger, heavier lens, I can't use the wrist strap. For the Leica, I want a strap that goes over my shoulders, where across my chest. I want that. Yeah. I, I want there to be no way it falls on the ground. I, I do not want to have to make an insurance claim on that camera. <laughs> totally. <laughs> okay. My next pick, you, you know that I'm going to pick at least one book, right? Oh, at least one. I would I hope for more. <laughs> well, no, this is going to be the only one. And okay. this is an expensive book. And the reason I've picked this is I have spoken about William Eggleston's photography many times on the show. He's a photographer I really like. He's a photographer that not everyone likes because you could say his pictures are boring. Mm. There have been a series of books that have been published by Steidel in Germany. And these have been photos that he made on color transparencies between 1969 and 1974. And these were the photos from this selection of photos. His first uh, exhibit at the Museum of Modern Art in New York was selected, and this is what brought fame onto him. So Steidel has just released the third of three three-volume series. The first one was called Chromes, the second Los Alamos Revisited, and this one is called The Outlands. It's huge and it's heavy and it's like 550 photos which that's a lot of photos in a photo book to look at it's a, it's a, a lot yeah. of you've got to go through it slowly but here's why this is interesting on the one hand you get beautifully printed really interesting photos on the other hand this is an investment i don't have chromes but it's currently selling for about $2500 the most almost revisited which i do have i paid $200 for is selling for about 12 or 1400 now, this one is 385 the new one, and they they don't reprint these books. So even if you're buying them just to look at and thinking, well, this is going to have value later, it's not like you buy a novel and it's only worth a couple bucks afterwards. Um, if you keep these in good condition, photo books, surprisingly, are collectible items that definitely go up in value because of the way... They're printed. They're printed usually in one print run and rarely reprinted. So it's called The Outlands by William Eggleston. It's boring stuff around his home in Memphis. But once you get into the William Eggleston mindset, you'll start to see that it's not boring. Fascinating. I'm also fascinated by the fact that you can have a book of 500-some images. And I'm guessing that these are highly curated chosen images. Yes. Because usually... The idea is, yes, here, here are my 500 shots. And you're like, oh, God, no, don't, don't do that. Like, trim it down, trim it down, trim it down. But at that level, I imagine these are the 500 that are the cream of the crop. I think there are something like 10,000 photos altogether. Wow. And so in these three sets of 500, that's really what's good. I, this one was edited by his son and someone else who's worked with him for a long time. Eggleston's quite old now. Mm -hmm. So there, there is a selection. And there's also a sequencing of, you know, each volume is organized with certain types of photos. And then, you know, good photo books aren't just collections of photos tossed in a book. There is sequencing. There is what photo you see, what's the next one, how do they relate, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that sounds great. 
I hate to sort of fall into this thematic trap, but you're you're going to force me to. I'm going to also include a book. The book that I'm going to include uh, is not out yet in paperback. It's still uh, probably being shipped from from wherever. But it is uh, a book by Rocky Nook, and it's called The Real Deal by Joe McNally. Now, Joe McNally is a photographer who's done sort of everything. He's he's really well known for his work with multiple flashes. He does you know celebrity stuff. He does sports stuff. He was at the last Olympics. And this is a book that is, it's basically his book about his career. So you're going to get a lot of photos. And if you know Joe McNally's work, you've, you've probably seen a lot of these photos. But this has a lot of the stories of 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 how he's basically built his career from when he started to you know more recent work and it's it's almost as much of a memoir as it is a a photo book he's done other books you know that are more instructive how to use off camera flash and things like that but this is one that's it's it's very personal he has a really good writing voice he in fact was a writer before he became a photographer. He was going to pursue writing in college and then decided that he was going to jump into photography and has made this this life as a freelance and also I think he was the last the last staff photographer for Life or National Geographic Life I think. So highly highly accomplished and Joe is just he has a great voice and it's a really good read. Okay, as long as we're talking about books how about we take a little bit of pause and promote our own Take Control books? We've each written a number of books for the Take Control series. Hey. We'll link in the show notes to, well, all of them or just the Take all Control website or our author pages or something like that. So I've written about Apple's media apps. So it used to be iTunes, but now it's music, podcast, TV, and books. I've written about Scrivener, the writing app. I've written about Audio Hijack, which we're using to record this podcast. Uh And I've written about LaunchBar, which is a really good productivity tool for Mac. Jeff, what have you got? I love LaunchBar. So I just released Take Control of Your Apple Watch that uh, covers WatchOS 8 and the Series 7 watches. I also have Take Control of Your Storage, which is all about the underlying storage stuff, uh, take control of file management. I have a da- take control of your digital photos, which uh, is a little bit in need of of updating, but it's the, the, the core concepts are still valid. And I'm also going to throw a non-take control book. I wrote a book for Rocky Nook called The Photographer's Guide to Luminar AI. That is out now. That's an actual printed paper book. I can't say enough about Rocky Nook because A, they've connected us with a lot of great people. B, they're a great publisher. And C, the print quality is really, really good. So go and check out the show notes and order all of our books because that helps us. It helps these small publishers and they make great gifts. Okay. I have a small item which could have been a stocking stuffer, but I'm not going to put it in the stocking. I'm going to recommend that everyone buy an Apple Lightning to SD card camera reader. It's $29. It's the thing you plug into your iPhone. You plug your SD card in it. The reason why is if you're out shooting photos, like when you went out hiking for a week in the mountains recently, Mm -hmm. you've got all these photos on your SD card, but you don't want to have them in just one place. You want to make sure you've got copies. And this is a good way, even if you're just in the middle of the day, 
you, you connect it. They all go into your photo library on your phone. Make sure you have enough storage. Yeah. Um, and it's just a safety thing. Now, the problem is that this is the lightning to SD card camera reader. If you have a new iPad, it's going to be USB-C. They also make a USB-C version. But I would almost recommend getting the lightning one and then buying a USB-C to lightning adapter so you can use the lightning now and use the USB-C on another device or later or whatever. Oh, yeah. Because the iPhone will eventually go to USB-C. Eventually, yes. Or you can also just buy a USB-C SD card reader. They aren't very expensive or even maybe little tiny hubs. Uh, those those are also out there. And yeah, when I was out on my, my photo trips and quite often I want to just transfer something either to my phone or my iPad for quick sharing. And there is the capability of doing that wirelessly, but it it's always a hassle. Yeah. It's always a hassle. Definitely. I, I totally agree with this choice. So for me, the next thing that I want to do, and, and this was also informed by, by this last trip that I took and other, other photo trips that I've taken, is every photographer should have a headlamp when you're out. Now, obviously, if you're not doing anything more than just showing up somewhere in the middle of the afternoon, maybe that, that's not as important. But if you do any sort of landscape photography, you're usually up before the sun or out past the sunset. And having a headlamp is just so much easier in order to find your way, to be able to have your hands free when you're working on your, your camera. It's just invaluable. Uh, so the, the one that I want to get, I have an older headlamp that is perfectly fine that uses uh, a set of AAA batteries. And I don't really like using batteries if I don't have to. Uh, and in fact, at one point, I realized that my batteries were very low and I had a hard time. This was in Yosemite. I had a hard time finding batteries because there are so many climbers in Yosemite, everybody has headlamps powered with AAA batteries. So I'm going to recommend a BioLite rechargeable headlamp. It just has a little USB plug, sorry, USB-C plug that will let you charge either from a wall plug or a battery bank. Uh, it's, it's perfectly bright. It's light. It's not cheap. The, the one that I have linked in the show notes is probably about $50. But it's it's small. You put it in your bag. It makes it very, very easy to have light when you really need it. Great idea. My next one is something I mentioned as a snapshot a while ago. It is a video course on Magnum Photos by Alex Soth. It's called Photographic Storytelling. Um, I've mentioned Alex Soth's photography a number of times. I really like what he does. And this is a course, let's see, it's 19 lessons, five and a half hours, it's all this kind of one-to-one. -one. He's talking to you, right? And in some cases, you see him on shoot. You see how he works. And in other cases, you see him in his studio doing different things. And I just find it fascinating to learn from a real photographer like that, the types of things that you don't get in books, that you don't get from podcasts, you know? Yeah. This is just not the kind of things we talk about. Particularly, there were some periods where he's talking about he had wanted to be an artist and, you know, the sort of feeling like imposter syndrome and that kind of stuff that most photographers don't really want to talk about. It's $99 for the course. Now, it's, it's good to pay attention to Magnum because they often have sales at $20 off for these courses. And there are other courses, Matt Black, 
um, Jonas Bendixson, Beaker de Porter, and one called The Art of Street Photography, which is a number of different photographers. The Alex Oates is the only one I've seen, but it's well worth the $79 I paid because I got it when it was on sale. Nice. That seems like one of those things where in the past, if you wanted to learn photography, you either ventured out on your own or you did like an apprenticeship. And and that doesn't really seem to happen as much anymore unless you're, you know, really studying to be, I'm going to be a studio photographer and I need to, you know, be a photographer's assistant. So being able to see how it's done from the, you know, sort of soup to nuts, like how do they deal with models? How do they set up things that those types of things are really, really invaluable. There was one episode where he does explain about how he sets up things and how he tries to get the people to be natural. And he's shooting a large format film camera most of the time. So he's not, you don't end up with a contact sheet. It's just one shot. And then you've got to pull the thing out and reload again. So it is a different approach to the way we consider photography. All right. The next thing that I have is somewhat practical. No, it's completely practical. And it is an Apple Pencil. And again, you're like, Jeff, what do you mean? This is not a photographer's thing. But I find myself editing on my iPad quite a lot lately. Maybe not my final edits, but when I have a big set of photos to go through, I am more than happy to just sit on the couch with my iPad. I use Lightroom when I'm working on my iPad, and I can just do an initial edit, whether that's just culling and figuring out which shots I like, but also. Because I have the Apple Pencil, I can do masking. I can do more complicated things. And there are times when if I want to mask a certain area, it's a lot easier for me to do it with the Apple Pencil on the iPad than to do it with my mouse on my computer because I don't have like a dedicated Wacom tablet or something like that. The Apple Pencil is not cheap. It's 100 bucks, 130 bucks. Uh, at Amazon, you can get it for about 100 bucks. But I found that it works really, really well. I have the Apple Pencil 2 that goes with my iPad Pro. Uh, it's magnetic. It charges just by connecting directly to the side of the iPad Pro. And it, it really just works. It's great. Highly recommend it. Worth pointing out, there are two versions, and they're not backwards compatible. So the version one's compatible with some devices, the version two with others. There's also a Logitech Crayon, which is, I think it's 30 or $40, which works, mm. which is compatible with Apple Pencil One devices. And yes. it does pretty much the same. It's got some differences. It's not as fancy. You don't have to double tap to change tools or whatever, but it's a less expensive way to do right. that. Okay, my final pick is for those evenings when you've got a lot of photos to edit, you need a good single malt whiskey. And my one of my favorites is Balvini Week of Pete. And Balvini is a Speyside whiskey, and their standard whiskey is a 12-year-old double wood, which is extraordinary. They have a 14-year-old Caribbean cask, which is rum casks. But the Week of Pete is fantastic. If you like peated whiskeys but that aren't too strong, uh, it's just extraordinary. They call it the Week of Pete because one week a year they make peated whiskey. Oh. This is a 14-year-old whiskey. It's not cheap. It's probably about 100 bucks in the States. You can get it for 60 pounds here. But, you know, because of duties, they're more expensive in the States. But it is one of the finest whiskeys I've ever had. Wow. That sounds delicious. And Keep in mind that we're recording this at uh, nine o'clock my time, and now I want to go have, have whiskey. No, it's 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 five forty p.m. here, so. <laughs> <laughs>
All right. So for me, and I swear, we did not start this episode thinking that we'd like sort of fit really well thematically. But my last item is a coffee subscription because we could do the same thing. If you're up late at night <laughs> editing your photos or you just need to get started in the morning, uh, I have a coffee subscription to a service called Yes, Please. There are actually a lot of coffee subscription services now. I've used a few of them. Some of them are like Netflix, where you pick the types of coffees that you like, and then it makes suggestions from different roasters, whether you like light or bold, etc. What Yes Please does, they just formulate a blend every week. It tends to be on the lighter to medium side. And you just get what they send you. And that sounds a little bit limiting, but I have always, literally, I've been a subscriber for maybe uh, two years or so, and I get one per month, and it's always good. I always like it. It can cost as little as $17 a month for the, the, the smaller size, or it's $25. And if you sign up for a longer-term subscription, it's less than if you just want to gift one bag. But I have found it to be really good coffee, and uh, it gets me through. So... Yes, please. It's Y-E-S-P-L-Z dot coffee. I like that idea of them picking something rather than you deciding because then you'll discover things that you wouldn't have liked. The only thing is that all coffee tastes the same. So what does it matter anyway? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> just like all whiskey tastes the same, right? Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. I know. I know. I'm just not a coffee drinker. Yeah. I want to mention, I searched on Google. There is Yes, Please, Yes, P-L-Z. And there's also Yes, Please, Yes, PleaseCoffee.com, and they're two different companies. Oh. So make sure you find the PLZ because, I mean, maybe you should try the other one, the Yes, Please Coffee, but um, they're, they're two different <laughs> companies. Yeah, that, that sounds like they, maybe they're just trying to, to piggyback. The best way to do this, however, would just be to go to photoactive.co, where we will have links to all these show notes, and you can connect to them directly. That also lets us put in some affiliate links for some of the things That's that we right. mentioned. Yes. So that helps to support the podcast. And uh, I will mention that for my Rocky Nook book, if you use the code Carlson40, you can get 40% off uh, either my book or Joe McNally's book. That's a good deal. Yeah. All right. Well, happy Thanksgiving because that comes first and then Merry Christmas. We won't be doing a, an episode the week of Christmas. We're going to take a week off because, well, we're, t we're tired. We've been doing a lot of work lately. So this episode is released the day after Thanksgiving. We'll have an episode on the 10th of December. And then our next episode after that will be in January. So until next time, Jeff. Happy holidays. Thanks for listening to Photoactive. You can find show notes, including any photos we discuss in this episode, at photoactive.co. That's photoactive.co. We couldn't afford the end. You can join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash photoactivecast. That's photoactivecast in one word. You can subscribe to Photoactive in your favorite podcast app or on Apple Podcasts. See the links on our website. And think about leaving us a rating or review in iTunes or in your podcast. 